Hi, welcome to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 38 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Ashish Ranjekar, co-founder and CEO of Bench Prep, about what's going on in the professional education industry. You can find more of our resources at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Talented Learning Show. Uh, it's great to kick off a new year, 2021, uh, with some brand new content and some brand new thought leadership and put 2020 behind us. Uh, last year, however, our uh, most popular and most downloaded podcast was with Ashish. So we thought it was fitting to invite him back as our first guest here in 2021 and give a good update on what's transpired in the last uh, six months since we've talked. Uh, if you remember at the beginning of our conversation uh, last year, uh, organizations were just reacting to the pandemic and quarantine and how to transform their businesses. But now a lot's transpired by that, and we're going to learn, or since then, we're going to learn all about that uh, from Ashish. So Ashish, welcome back to the Talented Learning Show. It's great to have you. It is always fun to be talking to you, John, and uh, this is the best way I would want to kick off uh, the new year. Absolutely. This is a, our first podcast interview uh, in the new year. Uh, last year, I, you know, I, you're always getting patted on the back, so I hate to add to it all the time. But last year, the, the podcast interview was uh, the favorite one uh, of our audience for the whole year. We've had more downloads and, and listens to that. And so that's why we wanted to start you off uh, or start off the year here with a part two of our discussion uh, from last year uh, since uh, it went over so well. Uh, but not everybody had a chance. Uh, to tune in uh, to the last time I uh, had the opportunity, a great opportunity to, to interview you. So maybe we can just start off by introducing Bench Prep. So why don't you tell us about, catch everybody up uh, on uh, who Bench Prep is, uh, what your solution is, you know, what what market you're serving, what, you know, what, what you're bringing to the marketplace, just a level set here, and then we'll start digging into the learning technology market in general. Absolutely. And John, uh, since we spoke last, last year, a lot has changed. So <laughs> <laughs> we only got 25 minutes, so let's get it in. Um, awesome. So um, um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bench Prep. We are a Chicago based um, education technology company, and we are in the business to empower learning organizations to digitally transform their product offerings. We live in a world where um, all learning is transitioning to digital and training companies, associations and corporations alike um, are need to deliver a very immersive, engaging and a digital learning experience. And we enable um, these organizations to do just that in this new digital world order. Um, we have a product which is um, a learning platform. Um, it's way more than a learning management system. Um, we are beginning to come up with the name learning operating system for it, um, which um, goes way beyond um, just delivering a learning experience, but also helps with uh, go-to-market data and content services. And that's what we bring to our customers um, to empower them to deliver best-in-class learning. Excellent. And do you focus uh, on on primarily uh, training or for-profit training providers and continuing education providers, or is it is it broader than that? Yeah. 
so it's um, so we, we look at a world where I say everyone is a learner and every organization is a learning organization. Um, but from a pure go-to-market perspective, we focus on the professional learning side. Ah, okay. So professional associations and credentialing bodies, um, and we serve um, training companies, and we are beginning to serve um, the enterprise market where corporations are training their customers and partners. So those are the three large segments that we uh, we serve. Uh, interesting. I, I coincidentally, I, I see those sectors and the requirements uh, really converging. Also, uh, so that makes a lot of sense. What I'm seeing just in the the market in general. Actually, last year uh, when I asked you the same question about really how COVID has impacted uh, things, where the question I'm about to ask you, you 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 really described it as a as organizations falling into um, you know, a series of buckets from those that were on their heels to those that were using it as an opportunity, and I guess everywhere in between. My question now is, you know, after six or seven months since we talked last, what's changed? How do you see the market now? What's what's different now in 21 than it was in, in 2019? You know, you're on the front lines every day. Paint the picture for us, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an analogy a little bit. Um, so I'm a big fan of Andy Grove's management philosophy. Um, he was the ex-CEO and um, and chairman of Intel for many, many years. And he has this concept called 10x change. And he describes it as, you know, a 10x change is a change where all bets are off. Change that is order of magnitude bigger than anything that the industry is used to. And that is exactly what we saw with COVID last year all bets were off. So it is interesting that for three, four months that happened right after COVID, we saw this kind of difference in, in reaction. A lot of people were embracing digital and, and some people were still kind of, you know, um, resisting it. We are seeing a, a decided shift towards embracing digital in the last few months. As I look at 2021, every single training organization that we have talked to, their number one priority is digital transformation. And when I say digital transformation, I don't mean, hey, let's get an LMS or let's digitize our content. Finally, we are seeing that every single training organization is taking a step back and embracing end-to-end digital transformation wow and, and what so frame out what end-to-end -end means How, what does that manifest itself like yeah so historically what we have seen john is um every every time anyone said digital learning or digital training it was one of the many products or a channel um or part of the business now it's very clear that we have entered an era of digital first, digital all, digital only learning. So all of these training organizations are saying that sure, we'll have instructors and content still remains an important piece of it, but all of this would have to be packaged in one integrated digital learning experience, which includes digital content which is just not like lift and shift, but digital first content, 
it includes instructors and you know trainers but a in a digital delivery mode and it also includes very new monetization channel because everything is digital now. Mm -hmm. and that's end-to-end -end shift so it's not just digitizing the content or having a platform but rethinking your business as a digital business mm -hmm. um, one of the conversations that i get into um, when i'm talking to executives at training companies is um, the question comes in is like should we be thinking ourselves as a training company now or a technology company <laughs> because the whole and actually i did this webinar uh, on this topic last year in december um where i said how I, I talked about how the software revolution is eating professional learning so the question came should the training organizations as they embrace digital transformation should they start becoming a software company or a training company my response to this is they are a learning company training company at the core but the nature of training and learning has changed dramatically it's all digital so now they actually have to be and remain a training company that embraces software and digital like never before and so what would be the parallels between the two uh how would training companies now parallel software companies even though at their core they're they're still training what what does that look like yeah so um i, I thought we we think about this like on a day-to-day -day basis um i feel that training companies truly understand what it takes to help the help the professional or the learner succeed they understand the content that needs to be delivered that maps to competencies and how to drive outcomes software becomes a means to an end and what they need to do is uh, they need to design their own software or technology stack they don't need to build anything it's all available now but now they need to kind of look at their customer journey or the learner journey in the digital landscape and put the right software and technology on it and um, and maybe we are getting a little bit abstract here but i think this is the big shift john i mean i would say two years ago the learner journey was mostly offline most of the training sessions were happening as in-person classes and digital was another tool and that's it mm -hmm. so customer journey that these training companies had was mapped to that now it's all digital so now they have to kind of think how do we acquire customer digitally how do we deliver all learning digitally how do we capture all of that data digitally how do we upsell and cross-sell and bring the learner back into the system digitally so it's just a a new digital world order and they need to create a new customer journey and then figure out how to put software on top of it to build their own what i would call a tech stack mm -hmm. you know all of that sounds more complex than it was two years ago to know and think about all those different pieces in your experience or as you evaluate the marketplace 
what skill sets in this whole process are lacking? Do, do organizations have the the internal ability to evaluate all these pieces and, and go fully digital? Or is there like gaps in experience or capabilities? Uh, what have you experienced in the last year? Yeah, so I think, I feel the good news, John, is that the technology exists. Software tools exist. Mm -hmm. And in the last few years, those software tools have become more, um, you know, integrable. So now those tools all talk to each other. So the good news is that all of that exists. Mm -hmm. However, trading companies definitely need help to put it all together. Mm -hmm. and I feel there are two skill gaps. Um, one skill gap is around evaluation. How do these companies put together that customer journey and evaluate the right software out there? Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of work that, um, and for example, you have done at Talented Learning um, really helps fill that gap. All the resources and, and the advice and just kind of the perspective is extremely valuable for the training company so that they can kind of start thinking about it within their own world. Mm -hmm. The second skill gap that is emerging is um, almost like, you know, all of these training companies are now realizing that they don't need to build their own technology, but they need someone who can put all of these tools together. So there's a role that is emerging, which is almost like a, you know, um, application um, engineer. Hmm. Someone who is like putting together an LMS with a CMS, with the e-commerce, with the, with the data stack and making sure that everything is talking to each other. Mm -hmm. so that's the the second kind of skill gap that we are seeing training companies uh, fill. Mm -hmm. and, and how that that second one, the, the first one, thanks for the the plug. That's that's where we do and and others to to help organizations get uh, independent you know analysis of what's going on. But the second gap, uh, how does that get resolved? Does that get resolved from professional services, for example, that organizations like yours would provide, or is that something that they're trying to hire this, this application engineer and, and actively fill that position? What, what's the strategy these companies are taking? Yeah, so it's, it's a mix right now. Um, what we have realized is we, as a, a vendor, or I would say a partner, need to provide that service. When we go in um, and work with training companies, we don't just say, hey, here is our platform and we'll, we'll talk to you in like three years. <laughs> we help them map that customer journey to various tools and capabilities and make sure that they have their entire technology stack. Because if that is together, it doesn't matter how great the content is or how great our platform is, the customer journey is not seamless and then it doesn't yield outcomes. Mm -hmm. Our recommendation is to find the right partner, um, not just the technology partner, but someone who would bring in the technology and the know-how and the mindset to work with you and figure out what that customer journey looks like and what software and tools that you layer on top of it to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Do you feel that uh, as organizations are embracing this this more ecosystem view 
Uh, well, the pendulum has been swinging that way for years, uh, for sure. But as they're embracing that now and, and looking at this full-scale digital transformation, what about budgets? Uh, do you, has that translated into, uh, from a budgetary standpoint, or are organizations, I don't know, more flexible, more about the business case, or is the nature of COVID and potential economic recession tightened budgets? Like, I'm curious how people vote, organizations vote with their dollars. I'm curious to see what the trend is from your perspective. Yeah, so the, see, eventually, all of the budget is driven by the training buyers and these are the the employers and what we have seen in the last nine months is lnd learning and development has remained a priority hmm. for all of these organizations maybe outside of the the travel industry that is all struggling badly but everywhere else we have seen that the it remains a priority and the overall training budgets haven't really changed that much. Oh. There was there was a dip or there was some hesitation in the market in I would say like Q2 or mid, like mid last year when there was still a lot of unknown around how COVID is going to impact you know the future of work and some industries more than others and so on. But it got picked up, and it's very it's also very clear that all of that budget has shifted to digital away from in person because safety became a priority travel was not a uh, not a, um, an option so the impact on the the training industry is twofold one is dollars are available however they are all shifting towards digital mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you're talking if as a training company they're looking at it and saying that yes our own in, we got to be very particular about the roi but the roi on digital is getting more and more clear than ever before mm -hmm. interesting so the yeah go ahead so the pot of the the, the overall pot of available funds you know remains somewhat consistent but the allocation within it is all going towards digital which is great for innovation and for roi yeah well excellent so there's a lot of digital out there uh digital platforms out there a lot of uh, you know from my perch i see new and interesting technology almost on a daily basis uh from your perspective in uh, you know the professional uh, development world What's hot? You know, what's uh, you know, organizations can buy anything; they can spend that new allocation any way they want. What What are they asking for? What are the What are the most progressive organizations doing uh, that are that are leading the way? Yeah, in your so, opinion. Yeah, first of all, I think you're absolutely right that certifications are hot. I mean, they were already hot, and COVID has just kind of you know taken it to the next level. We are seeing that. There is a clear shift away from degree programs towards certifications. And I was just reading, um, I think it was Strada Center that did a survey asking professionals about their preferences for education option in the next six months. And 62% of them opted for either a certification or a skill based training. So it's very clear that the demand for these certifications and skill-based training has exploded post-COVID. And 
now when you actually look at the buyers, the training buyers, they're asking for, I would say, four specific things. Um, first, they're asking for a very integrated learning experience. They're saying, hey, we need one platform that's gonna help us deliver or consume self-paced learning, instructor-led learning, experiential learning, which is labs and simulations, and peer-to-peer -peer and social. They don't want to live in a world where they are asking their um, employees to go to one place for in-person and then kind of go to other place for peer-to-peer. -peer. They want it all kind of in, in one integrated platform. Second thing that they're asking for is, well, now if the, the experience is integrated, then I want integrated data. I want to be able to see that if, if the learner did something in an instructor-led session, how does that impact the self-paced session? How does that impact their outcome? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The third thing that they're asking for is, um, you know, and this is just a continuation of a trend, but everything needs to be skills-based. Right? Don't give me these like six-month long training programs. You know, give me very focused skill-based content that is mapped to competencies so that actually I can help my employee progress in a very stacked way towards um, a, a specific business outcome. <laughs> and the fourth thing, and John, this is the most interesting thing that, that, that we see. All of them are asking for unbundled learning. where they are saying that we want to look at all of the content and just unbundle into smaller bits and pieces. A blog is a learning content now. Um, a webinar is a learning content. An ebook is a learning content, not just like these big courses and certifications. So they are looking for uh, the offering to put all of these unbundled content or learning modalities into one place, but still in a structured way. So that if a, if, a, if a professional comes in and goes like, hey, I want to kind of understand, the uh, learn about data science, let's say. Now they actually have a couple of blogs, a couple of eBooks, few webinars to attend, a course to take, leading to a certification. And that's a very different mindset than what we saw maybe like four years ago, or even like pre-COVID two years ago, where everyone was handed a six-month program. It's like, hey, this is one course, start to finish, finish it, and that's mm -hmm. it. Now it's very, everyone is asking for very unbundled micro-level learning. Mm -hmm. And so how do they get to that? That First off, that's a great summary of the, of the, the four pieces. And I wish we had a few hours here to dig into all of this, which is why listeners, you should tune into our upcoming webinar roundtable with Ashish and myself uh, as, as we continue this discussion. But a couple of, of questions uh, as we're running out of time here in the last few minutes. From that integrated data standpoint, what are some of the most, what's the most innovative example that you have of organizations using training data and business data together to to do something. You don't have to name the company, but 
just thinking out of the box, not just looking at the integrated data of you know what, how many self-paced courses or how many ILT courses. What are organizations doing? What's a progressive organizations doing that's taking that to the next level to use data analytics, combining that data with from other data in the stack? Yeah, I have a good example to share. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have um, we have one customer who uses actually um, our platform to deliver um, sales training, uh, internal sales training, and they have a very very robust sales training program which was almost all um, offline and they transform that into online. And they have used the data from in-person interactions and um, the, the, the self-paced modality that they deliver on our platform with actual call logging and sales interactions to create their own version of um, you know, sales performance metrics. And I have actually seen a lot of companies look at different types of learning data to come to results, but this was an example of they actually used you know, actual sales data to drive outcomes of their program. And that, that has been phenomenal. Oh yeah, as it worked for them then. It's working out great and especially in a situation like this where the selling uh, behaviors are changing, the buying behaviors are changing because now everything is remote. And an organization like this that 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 hires thousands of sales reps, few mm -hmm. points of improvement in sales productivity leads to phenomenal outcomes. And that's what they're beginning to see now. Wow, love it, love it. All right, well, last question, uh, Ashish, until our webinar that is uh, anyway on 121 you can register uh, January 21st uh, register at talentedlearning.com and see that so now knowing that organizations are going digital all embracing the end-to-end -end stack some are already tying that into the integrated data the complete integrated user experience as you described um, and that that the concept of unbundling all the way to certification of your pieces of content. So you've seen it all, you've seen organizations, you know, rocket and some fail. What's your best advice for organizations here entering into COVID 2.0 or phase two or part two right here? What, what would you advise organizations now uh, in your, in your target market here for 2021? Yeah. See, um, I would say this is a golden, time for the training industry. I mean, this is truly transformative time. And if done right, um, there are gonna be big, big winners and the opportunity is tremendous. I, would just, I was just looking at this data um, that $250 billion of value is gonna get created in the digital learning space over the next five years. Now this includes like all of digital learning, but that just shows that the opportunity is so big. So going back to your question, John, what we saw in the last six months was a little bit of like, you know, hey, let's just kind of, let's just put anything out there so that we at least maintain business and revenue continuity as everything shifts to digital. And that was the right thing to do. Now, now that everyone is looking at 2021 and beyond, I would recommend people, 
these trading companies and executives to take a step back and figure out what kind of digital learning stack they need to build for long-term success. And think beyond just one tool here or digitizing one piece of content here, but what is your three-year digital learning stack? What is, do you have an operating system that is that is that you're going to use to build your digital learning business that's the question that they should start with well there you have it sage advice from ashish ranjnikar ceo and co-founder of bench prep one of the most exciting companies here in the learning technology space uh, ashish i want to thank you for adding yet another acronym uh, into uh, the learning tech uh, stack of acronyms with an LOS now, uh, the learning operating system. Uh, if we didn't have enough, we now have one more to describe uh, what's going on in, in 2021. But listeners, uh, thanks very much uh, for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series. Uh, we hope to see you on the next one. And Ashish, thanks for coming back a second time uh, to share your perspective on the world look forward to uh, continuing our discussion. Thank you, Ashish. Thanks, John. It is always fun to talk to you. Thank you. Out outstanding. Everyone, have a great day, and we'll see you on the next one.